0: about to hear an anointed, powerful word that will change your life from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Be blessed as your faith goes from one level of glory to another level of glory. I'm just gonna share a little bit with you of what God shares with me. Now, sometimes I say to myself, but God, they already know this. And he prompts me along and says, just do it. So okay, so I'm sure you know some of this already, but hopefully at the end it will bear with you what it is he wants to get across to all of us. Okay, so first of all, the title to my message today, not my message, it's his, is Counterfeit. And for what it's worth, he always gives me the title before he gives me the message. So he had me look that up. And a counterfeit is to copy or imitate in order to deceive. And that's really the devil's main game. But just if you think about a counterfeit, I mean, the first thing that comes to my mind is maybe currency. You know, it looks real. Some people even try to spend it. But then they find out, nope, not real. Okay, and this is some of the tricks that the devil uses. He makes things look so real and so good that you really think it is. I mean, not to embarrass any of you ladies out there, but, you know, the false teeth, the false hair, all these false things, they (laughs) look real to men. And nothing wrong with looking good, nothing wrong with that. But at the end of the day, it's not really them. (laughs) So... You get the idea of what a counterfeit is. Now, the devil tries to trick you into thinking something is good when it truly is not. And these are some of the things that they are looking for. So first, let me say I'm not in the condemnation or judgment business, okay? I'm only about my Father God's business, and he is love, truth, and deliverance. Have you ever said of someone, I know I have, why did they do that? What they did or doing is pretty stupid. Can't they see how much they're hurting themselves or someone else? Though these things are true, remember, before we got saved, we did some dumb things too. And I'm not going to go through my laundry list because it's a bit embarrassing. You all have your own list to deal with, okay? But remember, when we came to him and we opened our heart and we let him in, we asked him to be our Savior, he, although we were like scarlet, he made us white as snow. He cast our sins as far as the east is from the west. He put them in the sea of forgetfulness. He chooses not to even remember them anymore. So, yeah, we might have done some dumb things, but that's in the past. Okay, we are a new creation, right? Okay, so remember, when God created us, he put within us a desire and curiosity to know him, whether we realize it or not. We have a hunger that can only be filled by him. Those who don't know him will always try to fill their emptiness with something or someone that feels good in the moment. They live by the flesh and not the spirit of God. God offers free gifts through Jesus. Salvation, peace, joy, prosperity, health, wisdom, knowledge, understanding, a sound mind, and unconditional love, to name a few. Anything the devil offers comes with a price, and it's a counterfeit of the things God wants you to have. With the devil's gifts, you get sadness, pain, robbed, emptiness, addictions that lead to destruction, a dead end, etc. So here are some things that people try to fill their emptiness with. Alcohol, drugs, sex, including many distortions of it, money or things, maybe food, uh, maybe fake peace or joy. Now... People are Only God gives true peace, and that's what people are looking for. They're looking for peace. You get peace through his word. In Leviticus 26 and 6, he said, I will give peace in the land, and you shall lie down, and none will make you afraid. Psalms 119, 165 says, Great peace have those who love your law, and nothing causes them to stumble. Isaiah 26 and 3 says, You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. Believe and speak what he says and you'll have true peace. Romans 5 and 1 says, therefore having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. The devil offers temporary or fake or counterfeit peace. He wants you to believe that the alcohol that you use will make your problems go away, therefore give you peace. The devil is a liar. The results of alcohol, to name a few, remember, I'm not condemning anyone in here, okay? To name a few are loss of money, encouragement to do or say things that you will regret, bad breath, not good, not good, (laughs) harm to your physical body, and the acknowledgement that the problems and lack of peace are still there. When you wake back up, it didn't change, it's still there. Now. The Holy Spirit gives you a peace and joy that can't be topped by anything the devil offers. In Acts 2 and 4 and 12 and 13, it says, And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now, these are the guys when the Holy Spirit came down when Jesus said to wait for it, and it came. So they were all amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, Whatever could this mean? Now, these weren't the ones that were filled with the Spirit. These were the ones watching. And others, mocking, said, they're full of new wine. They're just drunk. No, they weren't. They were drunk on the Holy Spirit. That's the, that's the drunk that God gives us. And the devil has counterfeits for everything God gives us. So being filled with the Holy Spirit is supernatural, drunk like no other, and it's free. <laughs> the results of being filled with God's wine, the Holy Spirit, to name a few, are peace, joy, unspeakable comfort, laughter, Amazing conversations and revelations from God himself. No money spent, no bad breath, no physical aftermath, and no regrets. But that's a deal. Okay. Another counterfeit the devil attacks people with are drugs. Now, people doing drugs, sometimes they're looking for numbness. Sometimes they want loss of feelings, physical. Um, Sometimes they just think they're going to have fun. They're looking for joy. And they can be... have. They want loss of feelings, whether physical or mental. They don't want to feel anything, okay? Sometimes the purpose is unknown. I've seen people do it and think, I don't even know why. Okay, well, we know the devil is behind. This is demonic, but we won't go there right now. The devil lies and tells people that if they use a substance, they'll not have to feel any discomfort, and they'll be healed. The results, to name a few, are... Temporary loss of pain discomfort loss of money loss of time physical side effects that can be worse than the original problem legal problems possibly jail and Disrespect from those around them Now let me stop for a minute and say I'm not condemning somebody if they've are on, on a Physician's regimen and they're taking medication Maybe an antibiotic or something to kill an infection. Okay. I'm not talking about that kind of drug use I'm talking about the kind that's not necessary, and people just do it, okay? God offers permanent healing, therefore permanent loss of pain, a clear mind, no loss of money, no bad side effects, and it's perfectly legal. (laughs) God doesn't have to do trial and error to heal you. He knows exactly what you need. You are an original individual made wonderfully by God, and I'm definitely an original. (laughs) I won't even go there. Okay. So in Isaiah 44 and 2, it says, Thus says the Lord who made you and formed you from the womb who will help you. In Psalms 139, 13 through 16, if you think he doesn't know your body, this one should seal it for you. For you formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb, and I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret, and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed, and in your book they all were written, the days fashioned for me, when as yet there were none of them. He knew exactly what you were going to be in all ways before your mom and dad even thought about it. Okay. So... In Matthew 4 and 23, it says, And Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing all kinds of sickness, all kinds of disease among the people. God knows exactly what you need for your healing and what he created you for and to do on this earth. In Psalms 103, 2 through 5, He says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagle's. It doesn't matter what your sickness is, mental or physical, how old you are, what your past was like, how much money you do or don't have. If you're saved, healing is a package deal, it's a promise in his word. He did his part on the cross for you. It's up to you to do your part by asking, believing, receiving, and speaking the promise that's already yours because of his blood that was shed for you. He paid the price. It's a free gift for you. Reach out by faith and receive. Now, let me pause just for a moment. These are some of the things people are filling themselves up with. Just imagine this is a person. Okay? Can you see? No? Now, in case you think that I'm just rambling here, I have lived long enough, I would like to say less, but I have lived long enough that I have seen a lot of pain. I've seen a lot of suffering. I've seen the results of some of this in people, people very dear to me. I've seen, when I was 12, a man that I cared very much for, he wasn't a family member, but he was just a, a good man. He died in his 50s from cigarettes. And I'm not condemning anybody here, but I'm saying as a child, I was only 12 and I saw it happen in front of me. And then as I grew older, I've had family members die from the same thing. At least three that I can think of, maybe four. Um, My father being one of them. My brother being another one. Um, Several uncles. So I've seen the ravages of what it can do to people. I know two people personally who passed away. One in their think, late 30s and the other one in their 40s of, of alcohol because their livers just couldn't keep going. And so it's not that I'm judging or condemning anyone. I just see the pain that it causes people. And so you that's why I asked in the beginning, you say to yourself, why do they do this to themselves? Well, I'll get to that. Okay. So people are searching for true joy, peace, and purpose. And in Isaiah 65 and 14 says, Behold, my servants shall sing for joy of heart. You want true joy? You get Jesus in there, and he shows you a joy like you've never had before. In Romans 15 and 13, Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Some of these people fall into depression, which we know is demonic, but they fall into these things. They act like they have no hope, like they don't even know why they want to get up today, and... It's because they don't have that in them, and they don't understand that. So our purpose here, we have a purpose. Everyone who is born has a purpose. And the main purpose is to know who God is and his love for you. And and it's that inner want to, you wanna know, it's in there. Because I remember as a young girl when I saw one of my good friends get saved, I thought, oh no, oh no, now she's a boring church person. Now she won't go anywhere, she won't do anything, now she's a dud and she was my friend. I didn't understand, you know. She had the gift of all gifts and I just didn't get it. So I have seen it from both sides is what I'm saying to you. In Ephesians 3, 14 through 19, it says, For this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, true love, God's love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. People want to be loved. And this is unconditional love. This doesn't have strings attached to it. You know, the world's kind of love is, well, if you do this for me, I'll do that. I'll do this for you if you'll do that for me. Mm -hmm. Okay? And when you have that unconditional love, then you're able to love yourself because then you know he, if you were the only one, he would have died just for you. It's kind of hard to to get that in the thoughts, but it's true. And when you realize that's your worth to him, you're so worth it to him that he would have done that, then you love yourself. And once you love yourself, then you can properly love somebody else. That's the order of it. God's love, love yourself, love other people. Now, the third vice that the devil tricks people with could be sex outside of marriage or lust. We don't want to go into all the details of the different things they may think, but we'll just put a few in there. Now, this is temporary physical pleasure that has many negative consequences. Physical disease, emotional pain, etc., etc. Now, in Proverbs 6 and 32, it says, whoever commits adultery with a woman lacks understanding. And I would venture to say with a man also. The women don't get off the hook. Okay. He who does so destroys his own soul. Sexual sin messes with your mind, will, and your emotions. You know, for men to... But especially for women, they're very attached emotionally, and it just—well, I'm sure you girls have heard it, right? Oh, I love you, honey, and then where'd he go, right? He didn't, you know. Okay, I won't go there. <laughs> so you—you you flee sexual immorality. Every sin that a man does is outside the body, but he who commits sexual immorality sins against his own body. Sexual sin hurts you. Your partner and God. That's a triple whammy there. Why do you think the devil is so rampant on that? Why do you think everything you turn on TV seems to have a connotation of it? Everywhere you go, everything you do, it's like in your face. Hebrews 13 and 4 says, Marriage is honorable among all, and the bed undefiled. So, God didn't give you these desires just to torture you with it. He said, get a spouse. And... The bed is undefiled. He blesses the marriage bed. There's nothing wrong with that. But fornicators and adulterers, God will judge. Now, remember, these are the unbelievers, okay? Because Jesus already took the price for us if we did something like that before we got saved. We're forgiven, okay? People who choose not to accept Christ, they will stand in judgment for the things they've done in their physical bodies and the words that came out of their mouth. So, pleasure with your spouse is a thumbs up with God. That's thumbs up. But notice it didn't say with someone else's spouse or with your, you know. Okay. So, he who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. And I venture to say he who finds a husband finds a good thing too. Let's get it for the girls too. People want love and respect. Now, also, there's nothing wrong with being single if you choose to. In 1 Corinthians 7, 8, and 9, Paul said, But I say to the unmarried and to the widows, it's good for them if they remain even as I am. But if they cannot exercise self-control, let them marry. For it is better to marry than to burn with passion. Now, I'm going to stop right there, and I'm going to tell you, when I was a child, I don't know who repeated it to me, but somebody said to me, oh, it's better to marry than to burn. And as a child, I thought, oh, my God, you're going to go to hell if you don't get married. You see how easy words can get twisted because they didn't put the last part on there, burnt with passion. I mean, that just basically means that if you have those kind of desires to be intimate with somebody, then it needs to be your spouse. You know, you need to get married and make it right. Now, the world doesn't want to hear that. You know, they think you're just old as mold. Okay. Now, another counterfeit that the devil throws at people Is money or things unrightfully obtained to cheat steal coerce he tells you that you'll have security if you have lots of money or things no matter what you do or who you hurt to obtain them and I don't want to name names or point fingers but I can think of some people in upper parts of the government that come to mind but I won't mention them (laughs) once I saw a bumper sticker that said he who dies with the most toys wins and I venture to say that's an outright lie Because I don't care how many toys you think you have. When you die, they're not going with you. So I don't think you won, did you? Okay, no. Now, God gave you your innermost desires. He created those in you. And we should want to be on the winning team. And that's only through salvation with Jesus. You can try all these things out here, and you're not going to win. You think you will, but you won't. People who don't know the Lord are in blindness. They're unsaved. They're untaught. So these people that are doing these things, if they're unsaved people, they're blinded. They think these things are going to fulfill them. They're living in the flesh under their temptations. Now the devil dupes you, but God opens your eyes to the truth. What does dupe mean? Believe it or not, God had me look that one up. I thought I knew. (laughs) One who is easily deceived or cheated. The longer you stay in your mess, the less you seem to notice it. You know, if you ever, ever notice people doing all these things, they don't even seem to notice it. They don't notice the smell or, the <laughs> or, or their faces looking 10 years older in two years. They don't notice it because they're, they're amongst it and it just grows kind of normal to them and it's not normal. Okay, but when the cleansing comes, then you realize just how dirty things were. We tend to get used to our environments and don't always see what God and others see. Now, the devil is a counterfeit, but God is the real deal. God's truth is amazing. First of all, he gives you revelation. That's the act of revealing or enlightening or astonishing disclosure. And God's pretty astonishing. If you don't think so, read some of the miracles in the Bible when you have time. What about the multiplying of the food? I, you know, I tend to like food, so that's a good one for me. Astonish means to strike with sudden and great wonder or to amaze. God amazes me with the things he does and, and the, the things that happen that I know could only be him. And I don't have time for that. Or you'd be, all, you'd be here all night for me to share all those things with you. Okay. Eyes are opened, compliments of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Eyes are opened. And, and it suddenly, suddenly means changing angle or character all at once, made or brought about in a short time. And, and God wants that for everyone. He wants their eyes opened up in a short time suddenly for everyone. Jesus wants to rescue you suddenly, quickly, right now, but it's really all up to you. The Holy Spirit knocks on the door of people's hearts, and it's up to them to let him in to reveal truth to them. God is love, and he never fails. He's not a man that he should lie. That's in Numbers 23 and 19. God will do exactly what he says. You know, I'm not going to tell you details, but I prayed a prayer many years ago when he taught me this very vividly. I said a prayer, and when he answered that prayer, he answered the exact words I had prayed to him came right out of somebody else's mouth. And I was like, so he's amazing. I didn't tell them to say that. I prayed it, and they prayed the exact words, or they said the exact words I had just prayed. I won't go there, but one day I'll share it with you. Okay, he is a God of his word. In Revelations 3 and 20, he says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him, and he with me. The food he will feed you is the word of God, the truth. The world is looking for the truth. You know, you've heard so many times. I have anyway. Fake news, fake news. Well, that's called lying news, okay? And, and people are not fed the truth. And if you don't know the truth, sometimes you don't realize you're being told a lie. You need the truth to base it on to know if you're if it's a lie or not. And the real truth is in the word. God doesn't lie. Now people could say, I had someone say to me just recently, oh, that, that Bible is just written by people and they just did that to control people. And I wasn't quick enough. I thought, mm, I wish I could have come out with this. I thought of it later, you know. Because really you could say quickly to someone, then what do you do with all the prophecies that have come to pass? If it's not true, then was that? Hmm. Because this was written over thousands of years by it's sixty seven different books, and it's from all different people. No, not all from different people, but different ones wrote at different times, and yet since the Holy Spirit inspired it, it all connects. Now, you couldn't do that if you tried, but people like to argue the point because they're blinded, they don't see it, just saying, okay. Now, the question I would ask these people, I'm not saying it's any of you, but any of these people that are using these vices, you know, I would say, are you sick and tired of being sick and tired? Do you want a better life, prosperity, peace, to unload your burdens, the truth? You'll only find it in Jesus, God's gift of salvation to the world. It's truly up to you. And I stress it's truly up to you because in the United States we have Bibles, we have internet, cell phones, we have the word everywhere if we choose, if we want it. Now I know you have to be drawn by the Holy Spirit first. I know that. But many people are being drawn and they put up walls. They just, the fingers in the ear, they don't wanna hear it. Now hopefully, God will touch their little hearts and they'll come around, because I have some family members like that. I just keep believing by faith they're gonna come around, no matter what it looks like. Just saying, okay? (laughs) Some of them it doesn't look very hopeful, but I don't lose hope. I'm like the dog with a bone, I'm not giving up. Okay. Yes, they're going to come. They're coming in because me and my household are saved. If he promised the centurion, he can promise it to me because he's no respecter of persons. No, no. God has favorites. I just happen to be one of them. Okay. All right. So you can come clean with God, confess your mess, and he'll reveal truth to you and give you wisdom on how to live your life in a winner and not a loser. In Psalms 51 and 6, it says, Behold, you desire truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden part you will make me to know wisdom. He said, If any man lacks wisdom, let him ask. Well, I repeat that one a lot. Lord, I need wisdom, wisdom, wisdom. Okay? So I'm just saying it's a gift. He'll give it to you if you ask it. This one thing I have learned, be careful what you ask God for because he's going to give it to you. Because he wants you to have it more than you want to have it. And when you open that heart up and you open the doors up and you say, Come in, he floods it in. You know, he gave me a little, a little picture. I call them pictures of visions, whatever you want to call them. And it, I, it, it took me back to when I was a child, although I wasn't a child when he gave me this. And I was on the floor playing, and it's kind of messy, like floors always are. And he was standing up at the table, and he reached down and picked me up so that I was at his same level. And he witnessed to me that he wanted me to see what he's doing. He wanted me to be a part in what he's doing. He didn't want me down there. He wanted me up here with him, to walk with him and see everything. You know how children want to see everything? Well, I got all excited. Yeah, Lord, I want to see it. Yeah. Okay. I bunny-trailed, sorry. Okay. (laughs) When you know the truth, you'll see the lies the devil's been duping you with. Nobody wants to be duped. You think you're not, but once you figure out you are, it kind of makes you angry. You're like, man, I can't believe I believe that. Some of the things I was taught as a child, I got older and I thought, gosh, I can't believe I believe that. But I didn't know the truth. So if you don't know the truth, you're going to believe what people tell you. Okay. You can be delivered or freed from the destruction in your life. Just ask Jesus and believe and speak his word. And this is true for believers as well. The word is so powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. You know, even in healing, there's nothing wrong with coming up here and asking pastor to pray for you. or someone lay their hands on you and pray, there's nothing wrong with that at all. But you can speak healing right into your own body. I recently did that. I shared it with Maria back there. The devil was lying to me, and I shared it with Pastor Tom. He was telling me something was wrong with me. I won't go into the details. He was lying to me, telling me something was wrong with me. And, you know, as soon as that goes into your mind, the first thing that comes out of your thoughts are, oh. And then you're watching for symptoms to happen. Isn't that terrible? But that's kind of where we drift off to. And then he would say, oh, maybe you should go have a checkup. Or it could be this, or it could be that, or you don't want to die. You know, all these things he was telling me. And for a couple of weeks, I kind of was, sadly, I shamefully admit, I was kind of like buying into it. Well, maybe something is wrong with me. And I took my dog for a walk one day. Yes, I got a dog on purpose so I would walk. I took the dog for a walk. I need it. Just say it. And about halfway down the road, the Holy Spirit quickened me and said, what are you doing? In love, he said that he said don't you know you can just who you are don't you know who you are I said, yeah that's right and all of a sudden the boldness came and I said I'm a blood-bought spirit-filled child of the living God he took the curse said anything that hangs on a tree is cursed and he took that for me now why would I pay for something that's already been paid for and I just started speaking to my body you get in line and you get in line it was all coming out and then The tongues came out, and then more prayer came out. And I got home, I felt slightly better. And by that night, I was fine. And I've been fine ever since. And this, yes, and this is God. So this was a lie that the devil was trying to get me to believe. And if I started saying it out of my mouth and acting on it, I probably could have had the thing he was trying to tell me I had. No, thank you. Not for me. I I liken it to, I told my daughter-in-law one day, I said, you know what it's like? If someone, if a philanthropist came along, yeah, sometimes I stumble over that word, but you know what a philanthropist is, right? If someone came along and you had a big, huge hospital bill, which you shouldn't, but if you did, and, or some kind of bill, that there's no way you could pay it. I mean, I don't care if you lived a million years, you couldn't pay it, and they came along and paid that for you. You didn't deserve it, they just did it. You were like stunned that they did it, and then two weeks go by and you get a bill in the mail, would you just kindly pay the bill? No. You'd say, I don't think so. <laughs> that's paid for. You can just take that bill right back. It's not mine. It's done. That's, that's kind of how it is, you know, with, with healing. He already paid for that. So anyway, okay, let me move on here. So we have an enemy. We know that. Saved people know that. Unbelievers, they still have the enemy. They just, some of them just don't know that or they don't believe that. We're in a battle every day for the Lord, and the enemy, these tribulations might come, but he said, be of good cheer because he's overcome them all. So in other words, we always win. I love that. And so he, we're supposed to know our enemy. In 2 Corinthians 11, it says, lest Satan should take advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. Now, there's three of some of his tactics here. First of all, in Second Corinthians 10 and 10, it says, the sorrow of the world or the flesh produces death. That's all the devil really gives you is pain, heartache, death, lies. I call them the three Ds, Satan's tactics, the three Ds. The first one is deceive, and that means to cause to believe an untruth or to mislead or, what did I say three times already, to be duped, okay? That's his favorite. His favorite is to deceive you because if he can get you to believe a lie and then say it out of your mouth, well, you have whatever you say. <laughs> Sometimes that's not good. Yes, I figured that out in the past when I said some things I shouldn't have, just saying. Okay. The second D is to distract. He loves to distract us, to draw the attention or mind to a different object, to confuse with conflicting emotions or motives. Now, God is not the author of confusion, but power, love, and a sound mind. He doesn't confuse you. So if somebody is all confused and down and they can't figure things out, they're not listening to the right voice because God will not confuse them. And that's what he loves to do. He loves to confuse. He loves to distract, get you going on all kinds of things that won't do you any good at all. And the third D is delay. Oh, he loves that one. I confess. I Probably could use some prayers on that one because I delay sometimes when I shouldn't. (laughs) Okay, that's to stop, detain, or hinder for a time or to put off for a later time. I forget how it went, but when I was a little kid, there used to be a saying, never put off for tomorrow what you can do today, or something like that, you know. And I kind of tend to like, yeah, I'll do it tomorrow, and you know, that's not good, not good. So some things I still work on, <laughs> lots of things I still work on, but that's one of them, okay. Now, with Jesus, I like to call in the three Ds with him as well, but his are totally different. The first one is dominate. Now, I don't mean dominate other people, so let's just get that straight right from the start. Because that's, that's a spirit that comes upon people, and unfortunately, me being a female, it can come on the girls sometimes in households and really mess up the whole dynamic of the household. Okay, not, not that you're not a partner with your mate, but you're not supposed to dominate him. You know, he's supposed to be the head of your household. I've just seen it in many marriages, and they don't usually stick together very long when that happens. Okay. We're supposed to have a commanding position or controlling power over the devil and over negative things that attack our lives. The second D with Jesus is delight, to take great pleasure to satisfy greatly. If you wanna be satisfied greatly, then you get Jesus in there and you're gonna find out how satisfied you are. I I call it the goofy grin effect (laughs) because you can't help but have a smile on your face 99.9% of the time because you know no matter what's going on, you already won. Yeah, and other people don't know that. And so, in fact, some people even get angry at that. What are you so happy about? Yes. You know? I'm like, huh. Well, I can't help it. <laughs> it's in there, and I'm not going to apologize for it. Okay, just saying. Okay, and then the third D is destiny. That is a predetermined course of events. God has a destiny for every human that came into this earth. No one was a mistake. I don't care how it happened, just saying. I don't care how it happened. You know, it could have been a backseat on a Friday night when it wasn't supposed to happen, but... He has a destiny for all of us. He has a plan. He has a destiny. And that's partly what's wrong with some people who allow themselves to fall into depression. Because if they're not about the Father's work, if they're not about what their destiny is for what they're here for, their purpose, then they can get all discouraged and depressed. Like, well, what do I even get up this morning for? Or I even bother putting anything on. I might as well just stay in bed. Because they don't understand that as you lead the life that God gives you, As I told someone once before, people can be boring, but God is never boring. You hang with him long enough, you see the stuff he does, it's like, wow. Okay. So in John 10 and 10, it says, The thief does not come except to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And Jesus said, I have come that they may have life, that they may have it more abundantly. So you got the counterfeit, kill, steal, destroy. You got the real deal, life more abundantly. Hmm. Which one? Which one? People are searching for truth, joy, peace, and love. What do they see in believers? What do they see? They should see all of these things and want what we have. They're searching for answers. Jesus is the answer. Our actions should convince them. When I was a younger girl, I I knew some people that went to church, and they invited me to go with them, and I'm not going to name names. I'm not going to... Because, you know, we're all brothers and sisters in the Lord, But it was so boring, I couldn't wait to get out. (laughs) And I thought, I spent my whole Sunday for this. And that's bad. You know, I'm sorry. Forgive me, Lord. But, you know, at the time, that was just an honest assessment of the whole thing. (laughs) So I had these ideas that Christians were just boring, stick in the muds. You know, why do I want to hang with that? Well, if you consider that when Jesus was on the earth, preaching, teaching, and healing, He didn't typically have just one person trailing him. He had crowds trailing him. Well, why would that be? Probably because he wasn't boring. There was always something going on. So I'm just saying, as believers, what do others see in us? We should pray for people's eyes spiritually to be opened, for them to be saved and delivered. The world is desperate for the truth. And we, as the believers, have the truth. We should be his truth in action. Action, that's a big one. Because sometimes you see somebody with a problem. Oh, I hope you're having a good day. Bye. They haven't eaten for two days. You didn't bother to ask. You know, that's not the love of God. That's not Christ in action. That's just you fluffing it off, hoping you got a brownie point for saying something nice. Okay. Now, we have the power of God in us. And Jesus said, freely you have received. Now freely give. He didn't say sit on it and brag about it. Because we're not bragging about it anyway. He did it all. It's, you know, it's it's his grace, unmerited favor. We didn't earn anything. You can't give what you don't have. Do you know as a child of God who you are and what you have? Are you living a life of maturity in the Lord? And by the way, when God gave me this to share, it was probably at least six weeks ago. And when Luann stood up and taught on her Wednesday night, I thought, well, how does that relate to this? And then, then when... Mary stood up and talked, and then it clicked with me. <sighs> okay, I get it. She talked on love. If you, if you don't have love, what is it like you're like tinkling sounds of brass or something like that? You have nothing if you don't have love because whose love? God is love. He doesn't just show love. He is love. His whole demeanor is love. Everything he does is out of love. So if you don't have that, you don't have anything really. Okay, and then when she taught on adding to your faith, okay, this is the growing up in the Lord, this is the maturity in the Lord, and I stole your paper and brought it with me. (laughs) And she said, To your faith, add virtue, knowledge, self control, endurance, godliness, brotherly kindness, and love, which we already mentioned the love part. If you are not a mature believer in the Lord, then you're not going to act any better than they do. Why would they want what you have when your life is just as big a mess as theirs What do you have to offer them? The same mess? They don't want that. they got enough of their own mess. (laughs) Just saying, you know. I I have experienced this with people where they've said they were Christians and nothing wrong with saying that, but their life really didn't look a whole lot different than mine, and I thought, well... (laughs) don't see where they're doing any better than I am so why should I go for that but the truth is if you are a mature believer the fruits are coming out and all this stuff is happening and they see it you can't help but have that what I call the Jesus glow you don't do it on purpose it's just there like the goofy grin theory you know you can't help it it's there because the Holy Spirit is in you and he emanates out of you and when they see that they know that and they go, hmm is it that she's doing different than me how is it she always has groceries always has gas in her car how is it i don't hear them over there wanting to kill each other at night and they've been married for how long you know all this stuff goes through these people's minds how is it how is it well it's jesus but we uh, we should be mature enough believers that they see that now are you presenting yourself as a winner or a loser when people see you winning They should want what you have. I'm not going to mention who he is, but you all will probably know. There was someone recently that was in a high position in our government that used to say, we're going to be winning, winning, winning. And you're going to get tired of winning. Well, I won't mention that person's name. But with Jesus, you're winning, 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 and you never get tired of winning. Okay. So now in Romans 1 and 16, it says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel. That's the good news. None of us should hide it. I know, you're going to get some persecution. Okay, I'll come right out and say that. Some people are going to say bad things about you. Hmm. Even maybe a family member. Whew, that one's hard. But, you know, it's the truth. Are you going to speak the truth, or are you going to hide it because you're worried to get your little feelings hurt? And it's called growing up. That was I didn't like that part so much. <laughs> but that's part of growing up. You, you have to accept that you're going to have persecutions. People are going to say bad things because they don't understand. Okay. So we should never be ashamed of the gospel because it's the good news. Gospel means good news. It doesn't mean hook in your jaw, you don't get to do anything fun. No, it means good news. You see, that's what I used to think it meant. Okay. It is the power of God to salvation. Salvation from what? From hell? Yeah. We don't want to go to hell. Nobody wants to go there. Nobody that I know of. And the ones that say that there's no such thing or they'll party with their friends when they get there, they're totally duped. There comes that word duped. And it's really sad. We are eternal beings, they're gonna be somewhere forever. And you don't want them to be there. So that's where the prayer comes in for them when they're hard heads. Okay. Yeah, you know, I have a cup with the one of those construction screws on it that says something about being a hard head. And I thought, man, there's some people I'd like to give that to, but I won't. Okay. <laughs> now he also saves us by giving us health and prosperity. You don't have to stay sick and down and out. You don't have to stay poor. He starts telling you. First of all, he starts teaching you to tithe because when you give ten percent or more, it's always good to give more. But if you, you know, if you just do the basic, even, you know, then he opens up those windows of heaven and pours you out a blessing you don't even have room enough to receive it. And he even rebukes the devourer for your sake. I love that part. Basically, he tells the devil where to go. Stop that. Okay, and he and he has to stop if God said so. So, you want your prosperity, you want your blessings, you want your money to work? Then let the Holy Spirit lead you tell you what to do with it. Yeah, because there's got to be things that come along that's not necessarily in the book, but he's going to guide you as to what to buy, what not to buy, where to go, where not to go, what job to take, what not to take. And if you don't have the Holy Spirit in there, you can get totally lost on which way to go. So, he saves you not only from hell, but he saves you from sickness. He saves you from poverty. And, and that's for everyone who believes. Okay, now, i, I got to throw this in real fast. i take too much time. He is the great physician. We know that. And we know that he said that we could lay hands on the sick and they would recover. And we know, as I'm going to read another one in just a few minutes, you know, that it's his will that we're healed. But I know in my personal life, there have been some people that I prayed for and... They died, <laughs> and I thought. And one of them, I'll just be upfront with you. One of them was my mother, and this was in 2009. And I prayed, and my sister prayed, and my brother prayed. And, and by the way, my other brother had just passed away seven weeks before that, so it was a really difficult time in our family. My mother was dying too, and she was saved. She's a Christian, but she, she really didn't understand a lot of the things of God, like more like a baby Christian, maybe a little bit above the baby, maybe, maybe K5 or whatever. She had some understanding. Okay. Well, she wasn't a little baby on the milk. She still, she knew some things, and we prayed, and she wanted, she said she wanted to be healed and everything, and then when she died, I'm going to be up front with you. I got mad at God. Anybody else ever do that, or am I alone on that? I, I said, God, I don't understand. Your word says, and your word says, and blah, 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 and he let me go on, and I, he's such a gentleman. It's a good thing I'm not God, because I would have slapped me right upside the head, but <laughs> He's a gentleman. He let me go on and on. And when I finally stopped, he said, are you finished? (laughs) I said, yes. He said, my word is true. I'm not a man that I should lie. But I gave each one of you free will. You have your own free will. And your mother was saying things out of her mouth that were not in uh, alignment with my word. And she was saying negative things she was saying i I don't even want to be here anymore i don't know why i'm still here she was saying negative things and it's not that he didn't love her or want her well but he gave her what she asked for so we get what we say and that wasn't in a bad way she's in heaven i know she's saved but he helped me to understand that no matter how bad we want it for somebody else it really is up to that person what comes out of that person's mouth and sometimes we don't know what comes out of their mouth they could be laying in the bed at night, and no one's even around them, and they could say the wrong things. I'm not, I'm not condemning anybody. I'm just saying that was the situation with my mom. So that doesn't mean you don't keep praying for people, keep believing, keep laying hands on, and keep expecting healing. You do. But sometimes there's a little question marks that come up when somebody doesn't get healed. Like, well, God, you said. But remember, let me get through my rant before he explained that to me. He will not override that person's free will. And that's their mouth, their words, their choice. They really want, you know. Anyway, I don't want to condemn anybody. I don't want to make anybody feel bad. I don't want anybody to want to punch me at the end. But that's just what happened in my family. Okay. However, I've seen many, many healings. God's word is true. Absolutely. I've seen miracle healings that no way could have been anything but God. Okay, so in Matthew 11, 2 through 5, it says, When John had heard in prison about the works of Christ, he sent two of his disciples and said to him, Are you the coming one, or do we look for another? You know, John was kind of questioning this thing. He followed Jesus around. He saw all this stuff, and now he's in prison. He knows his end probably isn't good, unless a big outright miracle happens here, which could. But now he's questioning if Jesus is even the Christ. I mean, he got pretty low. I don't, I don't condemn him because he was in a bad situation there. And he said, are you the coming one or do we look for another? And Jesus answered and said to them, go and tell John the things which you hear and see. The blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed and the deaf hear, the dead are raised up and the poor have the gospel preached to them. And then in John 14 and 12, Jesus said, most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do because I go to my father. Then in Matthew 10 and 1, he said, And when he had called his 12 disciples to him, he gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out and heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease. The Holy Spirit is the power of God in action. He's not boring. If you're saved, that power is in you. And people are looking for that power in their lives. Do they see it in you? Do they see it in me? Do they go to church and somebody just pats them on the little head like a little puppy and says, oh, have a good day? Or do they see the power that delivers them from the problem that they're having? Do they they get hands laid on them and they're delivered maybe as James would deliver, you speak the word and have them speak it out of their mouth and be delivered of demonic spirits that are attacking them? Do they get the healing that they need so desperately? Or do they just go to a potluck dinner and burp when they leave and they're the same trouble the same person as when they came. I'm just saying, I've, these are good people. I've been to many good churches. I'm not saying, I'm not cutting anybody down, but I've been to a lot of good churches, and it seemed like more, some of them were more like just playing with what are we having for lunch, instead of, you know, really delivering people. I mean, Jesus fed people too, nothing wrong with food, you know, I said before, I like my food, nothing wrong with food, but that was while he was doing his preaching, teaching, healing, and he didn't want them to faint in the way, I think the word says. (laughs) didn't want them to fall over from lack of food. So, anywho. All right, so this up here is so simple. I even said, Lord, are you sure? So, I'm just doing it because I believe he told me to do it. So, we're going to fill this up. This is kind of obvious. least I told him it was these are the things that people try to fill their lives with whether it's drugs whether it's alcohol whether it's sex with somebody besides your marriage partner whether it's maybe perverted sex don't want to go there because there's too many perversions I don't want to mention or maybe it's cigarettes, maybe it's overeating, maybe it's whatever, uh, cheating, lying, stealing, whatever it is they think is gonna fulfill them. But if you notice, there's always a space, there's always space. It's never really full. There's always these little nooks and crannies and spaces that they just can't get to. There's always an emptiness in there. But when they fill themselves up with Jesus himself and the filling of the Holy Spirit, there's not one space left out. Now, they can try either one they want to. But they're never going to be satisfied with this one over here. Never. No matter how many things they try, no matter what they do, no matter how much peer pressure is there to tell them that's cool, do it, ooh, you'll be accepted. No, to be accepted in the kingdom of God and in the beloved, that's the most exception you'll ever want once you get it. But that's the thing. They have to taste it to see that it's good first. And do they see it in you? Do they see it? Because if they do, they're going to want what you have. So... That's all I got. (laughs) Sticky. the